Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Fifteen thousand. That's how many words a recent study has found that the average person speaks in just one day. 15,000. That's a lot of words coming out of here. And you know, I think it'd be really interesting if we could get every word recorded and printed out for us. And, and just before we go to bed, we could review it. And, and we could just see the number of words that we would be glad that we said in a day. And then maybe look at it and see the number of words that we would regret that came out of our mouths. You know, the book of Proverbs is all about discovering the way of wisdom. And in this teaching series, that's what we're hoping for, that God would speak, that God would work, and that all of us would grow in wisdom. Last week we heard about the warning to avoid the enticing way of sinners and their lifestyle. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about the relationship between seeking wisdom and our words. The connection there. In the book of Proverbs, the tongue, speech is referenced so many times. Time after time after time it comes up. So there's, there's obviously a clear connection between our pursuit of wisdom and the words that we speak. Whether we say 15,000, 25,000, 200, or 200,000. Proverbs teaches us that what we say and how we say it really matters. So I invite you to open your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. We're going to focus in on this one verse and, and then jump off of that into a few other passages this morning. And as we look at this verse, we're going to be reminded that the way of wisdom involves not only understanding the power of our words, but then learning how to use our tongues to speak life. The first point this morning, we're just going to jump right into this, is that our words have power. Our words have power. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it, meaning the tongue, will eat its fruits. Which is another way of saying, those who love the tongue and love to talk are going to be forced to deal with the consequences of, of speaking. But the, the point here, death and life. I mean, are there two more powerful yet polarizing things? Like death, I mean, you can, you can kill, you can end, you can cease things with death. But life, you can create, you can start. There's a freshness to it. And these two are in the power of the tongue. This little itty bitty tongue. Tiny, tiny little tongue. With enormous influence. Our words have significant impact. Positively or negatively. And sometimes when we talk about this, we, we focus so much on the negative. And I'm going to talk about the negative impact. But I also want to talk about the positive side of our words this morning as well. Our words, maybe we're, we, we know this, maybe this is a reminder, but our words can destroy and bring death to friendships, families, marriages, churches, careers, reputations, even whole governments. And since the tongue has such a capacity for death and destruction and power in that way, the wise person, remember we're trying to gain in wisdom, is going to seek to try to learn how to control their tongue. So we ask ourselves this morning, just do a little personal inventory. How do I use my tongue? What kind of words do I say? 
intentionally or, or unintentionally, am I the kind of person that brings death with my words? Do I speak in ways that are corrupting? Degrading, insulting, discouraging, that tear people down? Am I that kind of person, full of negativity in my speech? Proverbs 12, 18 says that there is, a, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Sword thrusts. You think of that image of a sword thrusting, piercing through somebody. Causing damage, causing pain. Kind of flies in the face of, of the old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Who ever grew up hearing that? Anyone? Okay, what a lie. It's just straight up a lie. What, 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 it's, this is a load of garbage. What do you mean words don't hurt? Words hurt. Scripture tells us that words are like a sword thrusting through you. They have a profound impact on us. I've, I've, I've met people, I've talked with some people who have grown up for years. They heard things like they're dumb, that, that no one will love them, or that they're, they're worthless for over and over. Somebody used their tongue to speak death, or multiple people used their tongue to speak death to that person. And it had a profound impact on how they actually viewed themselves. It shaped their perception of their very identity. They grew up thinking that they're no good because people have told them over and over and over and over again that they're no good, like a sword thrusting through. Power and impact of our words. Now maybe Proverbs 18.21, if there was the, the, the 2018 version of the Bible, it might say death and life are in the power of the thumbs. <laughs> the things that we text, the things that we post. Behind our screen we're so bold. Things we would never say in person. Cyberbullying, leading to suicide. Life and death in the power of our thumbs, the words that come out. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Proverbs 15.4, another example. It says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Breaks the spirit, like the, the core of us, the inner being, who we are, our soul. So here's the thing. Someone could come up to me and punch me in the face. Please don't. But somebody could come up to me and punch me in the face, and they could give me a black eye, or they could break my nose. And that's going to heal. It won't take that long for that to heal. But if somebody, with the words that they say, breaks my spirit, that could take a long time to heal. Or it may never heal. I could be faced to, to force it to deal with that devastation for my entire life. I would way rather deal with a broken bone than a broken spirit. But here's the flip side. Proverbs 15.4 also says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life. And Proverbs 12.18, remember the first part, sword thrust? The second part, the tongue of the wise brings healing. So yeah, there's, there's negative impact, and our words can hurt, and we need to filter these things and understand this reality, but our words can also have a positive impact. Our words can bring life. Our words can bring healing to people. And so whoever you are, whatever you do, I mean, whether you're on the assembly line and, and you got you know, this constant barrage of crude comments from other workers or maybe you're, you're on the hospital floor and you're dealing with a nasty patient or maybe you're in the school, uh, the school class and, and kids are bullying another kids or they're disrespecting a teacher or you've got a nasty neighbor that just keeps on you or you've got one of those annoying siblings. I'm one of those annoying siblings. Um, or you've got 
uh, you know, a pushy salesperson or telemarketer. All these situations that face us every day, we have a choice. We have the option to say, am I going to use my tongue to bring healing and to speak life, or am I going to use my words to bring death and destruction and pain? We have a choice. Our words can bring life to friendships. Our words can, can make marriages strong and sweet. Families healthy, churches united. Our words can give hope to people, can inspire them. Our words can advance their education, their understanding of things, just teaching them concepts. But ultimately, think about this one. Our words can help spread the message of forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. Our words can introduce people to the good news of Jesus Christ. Just stop and think for a second. Someone's eternity could be completely changed because of the words you speak. You can speak life to them. What an opportunity. What a privilege and responsibility. And, and, if, and if you're here this morning and you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ... And I urge you to, to, to do so today. To come to turn from your sin. To run to Him. As we sang this morning, I'm running to your arms. Man, he, he, come to Him in confession and faith. He will forgive you. You will receive eternal life. You can be made new. You can be born again. You can be, join God's family. I encourage you to do that. And if you have questions about that, you can talk to me or someone else at the end of the service. But can I encourage each one of us as we look at wisdom, this pursuit of wisdom, use your tongue to give life. Use your tongue to give life. In some ways, I think it's kind of funny that I'm up here speaking about the wisdom of the tongue. Because anybody who knows me well, or if my family were here, they would say, Phil, that's not you. That's never been you. This has been a struggle for my entire life and I'm thankful for the Lord's grace that there has been growth. I can look back. So if you're thinking, there's no hope for me, there's hope for you. I have seen change. It's still a little bit of a struggle. Sometimes my filters don't work. But I'm thankful for the grace and the mercy and the patience of Jesus. You can experience change. He can change you too. There, there has been some growth. I'm excited about that. And I can look back and say, I think my words are bringing more healing now than, than death. And that's really exciting. I mean, there's, there's so much hurt. There's so much brokenness. There's so much pain in the world. And, and we can speak into that. And we can inspire people. We can motivate people with words. Did you know... That during World War II, Winston Churchill never fired a gun. He never stormed the beaches. He never flew a plane. But his words, his speeches, his resolve motivated the nation of England to persevere in that war. And, and gave them the hope to say, we're not going to lose this fight. We're going to stand and, 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 and go and push against the Nazis. We're not going to give up. Words. Words have power. You can, maybe you're not going to motivate an entire nation. Maybe I'm not ever going to motivate an entire nation. But you can motivate your kids. You can motivate your spouse. You can motivate your friend. You can motivate your employees. Inspire them with words of life. Because man, we need some words of life today. I think we all understand there's so much hurt. So much brokenness in our world. And some of you, you probably would put your hand up and say, yeah, that's me, I'm there. I'm the one that's hurting. I'm the one that's broken. I'm the one that's got a crushed and broken spirit right now because of what somebody else has said. 
And I don't know all of your stories, but some of you, maybe you experience constant belittling and insults all week long. Maybe that's at work, maybe that's at home, maybe it's during the school year. And maybe, just maybe, Sunday morning here at the gathering is like your one day of the week where you come and you're able to receive life-giving words. Maybe, I don't know, that could be. And church, I would say, um, we don't know everybody's story, but everyone's got a story. So absolutely, on Sunday morning, we should be sure that we're saying words of life to each other here, at least here. From 10 to 11, we can encourage people and build them up. But by God's grace and the power of His Spirit, let's make sure that we don't just have Sunday morning tame tongues. Let's let that pour out over into the rest of the week. Because the goal isn't that we just honor God one morning. The goal is that we would honor God and speak life every day to everybody. That's hard. Like, it's just hard. It's difficult. And there's different ways that we struggle with this. For me, it's not so much about, um, you know, I struggle with saying, like, you know, crude things or four-letter words or things like that. My problem my whole life has been, maybe you identify with this, how I say what I say. Here's an example. Hey, what are you doing? Versus, what are you doing? Same words. Get that? The tone. This is, this is my issue. And it's, and it's, it's come to the surface ever, uh, more so ever having kids. And you, you, have, you have a day, and it's a bad day, it's a long day or whatever, and, and you say something and you look, and it's almost like you can see their spirit starting to break. Because of, not necessarily what I said, but how I said it. And maybe that's, maybe that's you. We've got to be mindful of the tone that we're using. You may have said something completely true and right, but you say it in a way that's just kind of like a jerk. And it can crush the spirit. Now, none of us are going to get this 100% right all the time. That's why we all have to become very familiar with the phrases of, I'm sorry, and please forgive me. I'm sorry. I... It was the heat of the moment. I, you know, I, I didn't actually... No, that's not what I meant to say. Would you please forgive me? I, I, I say that a lot. And I'm so thankful that Jesus forgives us. That he went to the cross and paid for the sins of the things that we say and have said and will say. He paid the ultimate price for that. That I can be forgiven. I can know that I have peace with God like Jordan was talking about earlier because of what he did for us. He paid for all the nasty, horrible things that we have said and ever will say. And he gives us the ability, he helps us to learn how to use our words in a God-honoring way. But I tell you, it's frustrating sometimes how often my tongue gets me in trouble. I'm, I'm a little bit of a talker. Um... Sometimes, like I said, the words just fly out there before I even realize it, and they just create this wave of destruction, and they leave behind a wake of regret. And if you're like me, Proverbs ten nineteen just proves true over and over again. Proverbs ten nineteen says, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So it's just mathematically true. The more words you say, the higher the probability you're going to say something you're going to regret. So, Proverbs says, if you want to be wise, we want to grow in wisdom, we have to learn to restrain our lips. Learn to say less. Learn to close our mouth. 
a little bit more. And there's like a, a wisdom default that happens just because we're not running our mouths. Even Hollywood understands this. Think, think about um, big all you know, blockbuster movies. Who are the wise characters? They're not the loudmouth blabbering kinds. The wise characters, they're like you know, Morpheus in the Matrix. Or Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Or Yoda in Star Wars. Or Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid. They don't say a lot. But when they speak, people listen. And they're the characters that people go to all the time. Simply because they're wise. They don't say that much. They think things through. They restrain their lips. And so you might think, okay, well since restraining our lips is the wise thing to do, then let's just all take a vow of silence and never speak to anyone ever again. Problem solved, right? Well, that's one option, and if you want to do that, okay, go for it. But I don't think it's actually the best long-term solution. Because yes, while death is in the power of the tongue, remember, life is in the power of the tongue. God doesn't want us to just say nothing at all. He wants us to learn how to control what we're saying so that we can build people up. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And yeah, it's going to get us into trouble. It's gotten me into trouble. And what happens is it's easy for us to place the blame there on the tongue. Well, it's not me. I, you know, I said this. And it's my tongue's fault. It's my word's fault. You know, I'm, my filter's not working. Whatever you want to say. We just put the blame on the tongue. And, and even though Scripture says in James 3 that the tongue is a world of unrighteousness and it's basically incredibly difficult to tame and control... The tongue is actually not the problem. When Jesus was on the earth, he spoke about the real problem. The root issue. It's not our tongues. It's actually our hearts. Our hearts are the real problem. Luke 6.45 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart. What's, what comes What's deep down inside of you, that's going to come out in how you speak. And the Bible is, is really clear. It tells us that our hearts are all tainted. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That we're all born naturally wicked and, and evil. That we have this sin-stained heart. And so our mouths just naturally communicate what is produced from within. Jeremiah 17.9 tells us that our hearts are desperately sick and they're deceitful and who can even understand them? This is our hearts. This is us. And so you might think, okay, I'm going to go home today and I'm going to really work on my tongue reformation. And that's an okay thing, but that's only a surface level thing. We don't need simply tongue reformation. We need God to give us heart transformation. That's what we need. We need spiritual, supernatural heart surgery. And it's something that only God can do. We can't do it for ourselves. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But thankfully, in His love, His mercy, and His grace, God actually does this. See, when somebody hears the message of salvation, when they hear the gospel of Jesus and, and they turn from their sin and they put their faith in Him, they do receive forgiveness, salvation, eternal life, but that's not all that they receive. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that anyone who is in Christ becomes a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Newness. 
And Ezekiel chapter 36 lays out, tells us how God actually does this supernatural work. How He does this work of the hearts. He says that He uses His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to regenerate us. That's a fancy word, to to make us new. That He replaces our old, cold, dead hearts... And he uses his spirit to give us a, a new heart that's, that's warm, that's, that's soft, that's responsive, that then has a desire to want to know him, to want to follow him, to want to obey him. And then he doesn't just do that, but he actually gives us his Holy Spirit to fill us and dwell within us and to then empower us to live holy and righteous lives, which includes then now learning how to use our tongue in holy and righteous ways. This is what God does. It's all His work. He changes lives. And and we need Him to change our lives. And it's because of this life change that He does that then we're able to follow His exhortations in His Word. Such as, oh, Ephesians 4.29. It's a fairly common one. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it. So there's positive and negative in there. The negative. Don't let any corrupting word come out of your mouth. Paul's writing to the church. You guys, you are Christians. You have trusted in Jesus. You've been made new. You've joined God's family. So now, stop speaking that way. Lean on the Holy Spirit and and learn to speak this way. Build other people up and give grace to them. Give grace to them. It's a practical challenge for each one of us. Starting at 11 a.m. today, maybe each one of us just closes our mouths a little bit more. But when we do open them, may I challenge us, encourage more than you critique Look for ways that you can build someone up. Like find ways to compliment them and encourage them. Say something affectionate to a loved one at an unexpected time, like not just anniversary and birthday. Say hello to a neighbor on your street that you know maybe is lonely or maybe they've lost a loved one. Or even today, maybe you meet somebody here that's new. How are you going to interact with them? Or maybe there's somebody that that you already know, but you don't know them that well. Take some initiative and just speak some life into them. If nothing else, I mean, ultimately this is what we should be doing, but at least you can, each of us can do this. We can speak life and encourage people to keep trusting in Jesus, whether you know them that well or not. You can say, hey, you know what? I know that following Jesus can be hard. I know sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes I don't have all the answers, but I know that He is good. I know that He is faithful. I know that He's not going to forsake His children. I know that He's coming back one day. He's going to make everything wrong, right. It's all going to work out in the end. It really will endure, endure, stay faithful, stay faithful, don't give up. Every one of us can do that, even if you don't know somebody. Follow Jesus. Keep following Jesus. Trust Him. Follow His ways. And so as we seek to grow in wisdom this summer, we've seen pretty clearly this morning that how we use our tongues is proof of of the growth of wisdom. And while this morning may have been a reminder, I hope and I pray that it's a fresh reminder and that God uses it to shape us into the image of Jesus. That He would change us. That He would change our hearts so that then our tongues would bring life to people and glory to Him. 
Let's pray together. Father God, the the tongue is so small, but it makes great boasts. And it can get us in trouble so many times. And maybe we're sitting here this morning and we're thinking of the times that it's gotten us in trouble and we're, we're sitting in a, just a pool of regret. God, I want to ask that you would forgive us. Forgive us for when we have used our tongues to bring death and destruction and negativity. Thank you, Jesus, that you went to the cross, that you paid for all sin, including our speech. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come, that you would fill us, that you would change our hearts. It's our hearts that need to be changed. And as you change our hearts, would then would you fill us and help us to use our tongues to speak life every day? Help us to be a church that speaks life to each other and to the world. Use us. Take us, Lord. Take our lives, all of our lives, including our tongues, our hearts, everything that we've got. Use us to, to build your kingdom here in Windsor. Use us to glorify your name here in Windsor. Use us to speak words of life and introduce people to Jesus here in Windsor. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.